Alina, thank you so much for coming on the Coach Collab podcast. I'm excited. First five podcasts. Yes. Let's freaking go. Top five. Yes. Top five. <laughs> Let's go. So I'm really excited to dive into your journey because I feel like it is pretty unique in the way that you have transitioned from not just your regular nine to five job, but from a very badass physician's assistant position into owning your own business, which we'll dive into, but that can be super scary. And I, I feel like the, the theme sometimes for these first podcasts that we're doing is leaping into scary things. Yes. Um, and kind of diving into that, I hate saying, you know, I'm not special. Anybody can do it because we are special and we're great, but you really have to be a freaking hard worker and you are the epitome of that. So IFBB fitness pro, physician's assistant, business owner of a 20 person staff empire, shall we say with empower health and fitness. So Going into starting your own health and fitness coaching company, was it always your mission going into this of wanting to be full-time or were you like, yeah, I like fitness and I compete, so I'll dabble into it? Like, What was your mindset going in? Yeah, I think having the mindset of it, just really, really like it. So Mm -hmm. I never thought I'd own my own business at all. I just really loved fitness. It was part of my whole life growing up and then really dabbled into when I moved to California bodybuilding and Mm -hmm. so that's when it really started to happen and I was like oh I think I can help people do Mm -hmm. this like and I struggled a lot on my own fitness journey and I think I can help people do that and so just trying to like dabble in it on the side I never envisioned I'd be doing it full-time that wasn't even really like a goal I had Mm -hmm. so no I don't have any aspiration to do what I'm doing now, but it's pretty cool. It's been a cool journey. That is cool because my journey is very similar in the fact that I transitioned from a medical position, but my goal was never to necessarily go into this full-time either. Like I didn't go into this being like, I want to transition out of nursing. Mm -hmm. No, it was, it kind of just ended up that way, which is really cool because you kind of, you know, trust what you're doing, trust the universe and you know, what the plan is being laid out for you for. Yeah. But I kind of got into this because nursing full-time was three days a week and I had four days a week to do whatever the fuck I wanted to do. So I was doing like all these side hustles and like fell into my own love with like fitness. So it sounds like you had something very Mm -hmm. similar. At what point starting your business did you decide to seek mentorship? Oh, that's a good one. So I was trying to grow my business on my own for a very okay, long time. Okay, same. I did, that. It did not work for me. <laughs> How long was that? So I think I got my LLC in 2015. And okay. So from 2015 wow. to, I don't know when I did my first business mentorship, but I think it might have been like 20, that's when Kayla did hers. We did it together. So like 2019? 
maybe mm. around there uh, invested. So wow. like, I guess for four years, like struggled. I clearly, I even got like my, I was like in-person training. So I was like working yeah. my, my PA job and I was like, yeah, this is probably what's going to help me. So I was like doing in-person training, which I hated. I absolutely mm. hated it. Yeah. Um, so I did that. And then, yeah, 2019, insert um, investing in a business mentorship, which yeah. I think it helped me get my systems in place. But as in totally. growth, mm-hmm. there was like not really growth. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought, honestly, I was like, I'm not really cut out for this because mm-hmm. I can do a lot of things. I was doing the things and I was like, ah, maybe I just like can't do it. And so um, then insert NLCA, which would have been 2021. Yeah. Um, I remember I jumped on a sales call with Paige on my birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I had no intention of signing up, and then I jumped full, paid in full, jumped in, and wow. was like, all right, let's go. And Paige, now COO of NLCA. Yes. Crazy. <laughs> she closed me. Closed Amazing. bitch. Closed bitch. <laughs> closed bitch. <laughs> that's wild. So, okay, let's, I feel like we, that's a grand overview, but let's mm-hmm. dive into Jen Richards, 2015, 16, 17, 18. <sighs> what... Did the client delivery for you look like oh, with gosh. your online clients? Because were you doing online coaching at the time or just in person? Um, I well, I I was trying to do stuff online, okay. and, like virtual, um, but I only had it was like friends and family. Okay, so I didn't really. I mean, Which everything was on like fine. normal like spreadsheets. Yep, I did not have an app. Was not using right. a payment system nope. of any sort. <laughs> like it was basically everything was emailed. Yeah. Um, it was not. It was what I could do at the time, mm. putting it together. I thought it was, like, organized, but, like, obviously it was not anything like we're doing now. Right. So. But I feel like it's a good thing to think back on because yeah. you didn't have these, like, fancy systems. Mm-hmm. You didn't have any apps, payment processors, um, admin, back-end, financial system, all the things. Yeah. But you're still making it happen with mm-hmm. what you knew you could do and I feel like it's a good lesson to you know new students or people new to the fitness space like you don't have to have anything Mm -hmm. fancy starting off I was the same way like I delivered my workouts to my clients via spreadsheet Mm -hmm. via email um, wrote out what you know their nutritional goals were in the email and maybe sent a voice message to them Mm -hmm. explaining things so you really don't have to start off with anything fancy no. like emailing take, photos like right just having folders taking on, like, payment through like venmo at <laughs> yeah. first and yeah. like don't get me wrong it's not necessarily what we recommend <laughs> no but getting started and mm-hmm. getting your foot in the door by doing something and taking yeah. that messy action yes, is messy action. what you need to do 100 percent like you yeah messy action is what you need to do because then you're like paralyzed and you're not doing anything because you want the perfect Right. And you're like, I don't, I don't have a welcome email and like I don't oh, have gosh. an app That's and I don't favorite. have these things and like it paralyzes you from doing anything at all and right. then you never start, so. Right, yeah, I think we can both um, relate to hearing you know, that from students as far as like, man, I don't have a welcome email to give to my clients. I don't have um, my payment processor set up or my business yeah. bank account or my LLC, like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, keep pushing. Like, get get those people in the yeah. door, especially friends and family, which is what yeah. we call like your power base, mm-hmm. which is where you started. Yeah. Were you like, what were you charging at that time? I was like charging like five hundred dollars for three months. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, that's not bad. Yeah. I mean, it was just like I was like, yeah, this is good, and so it was it was extra, okay. just like 
cash for me. It was yeah. just like extra cash flow. So it was just like, oh my gosh, I got five hundred dollars. Like, oh, that was yeah. great. <laughs> like, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I definitely started at like a hundred dollars a month. And yeah. you know, I, I hear of coaches like doing even less mm-hmm. to get started. So it's really about like starting mm-hmm. and then trying to go from there. So in your first mentorship you really kind of started to develop your systems mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. And you were kind of like, I okay, I have the systems down. I'm still not really sure this is the right fit for me, like doing this business. Mm-hmm. So when you're having those thoughts, what then made you want to dive into another business mentorship? <laughs> yeah, I, it was interesting because I remember um, I was like struggling to like grow my business and mm-hmm. other people were doing pretty well and um, at that time, they were like, Jen, you're just like not doing the things. And I was like, I'm doing all of the things. Like, and so mm. I knew I could follow direction, but I was, mm-hmm. I just was like getting in my head. I was like, okay, maybe I just not cut out for this because mm. like, you know, it just, it's not growing. And then like hindsight, like obviously fast forward slightly to when I joined NLCA, then it was like, it took off very quickly. And then I realized um, it wasn't because I couldn't do it. I just didn't have the proper guidance mm. at that time. So like, cause I could do all the things you could tell me to do it and I would execute it. I would do my right. homework. <laughs> yeah. Cause that would surprise yeah. me. Someone saying you're not doing the things because yeah. you're someone that does do the things. Yeah, you're, do if, the things. if you say you're going to do something, you do it. Like there's 100%. no question in my mind. Mm-hmm. So that is definitely interesting. So feeling like you just needed a little bit different guidance approach. Yeah. I just needed a more direct roadmap for like what I was doing uh, I feel like it was like a group approach, and so there's like everybody like do this thing, but mm-hmm. um, obviously joining NLCA, then it was like, this is what I need to be doing. It was like very direct, and I was like, okay, I can execute on all these things, and it worked. Like, yeah, I had a goal of just like 10k collected. I was like, that's yeah. my goal. That'll be like extra income. That's like all yeah. I need. And then I hit that the first month, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can. Wow, do this. first maybe. month. Okay, yeah, flex. <laughs> Maybe there's something to this. Maybe I could do it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And 10K months collected, like, that's a huge milestone. That's, yeah, that was happening, like, wow. Quick. I just did the things, and then I was like, oh, it works. Well, what do you, like, what were the things? What do you feel like was really the difference and the game changer from mm-hmm. you being like, I'm not sure I'm cut out to this, to, wow, <laughs> Mickey. Mickey. <laughs> to, wow, I'm making my first $10,000 a month. I think it was getting out of my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, I had like a power base. I didn't have a, a massive social media like following or anything. Right. And I thought that I needed that, which in mm-hmm. essence, like I didn't. But I had a lot of people right in front of me that I wasn't utilizing because I was just like, I don't want to reach out to them. Like, I did, like they're not going to need my help. And mm-hmm. so once I got out of my own way and then really started outreach and got uncomfortable, that is what worked. And I was like, oh, okay, like this is actually working. Wow. So what do you know? Reaching out to people that are right in front of you is are probably going to be like your first clients because oh, yeah. you know you you had a social media you're obviously mm-hmm. like posting on it you're posting as yeah. a coach which is super important like you you're not going to be able to pick up on your power base yes. if you aren't participating as a coach yeah. on social media so I feel like that is sometimes where a lot of students or new coaches get frustrated mm-hmm. where with like an outreach type of approach mm-hmm. they're like I'm outreach I'm messaging I'm doing the things their profile picture isn't even them yeah. there's nothing in their bio that says they're a coach they've mm-hmm. not even posted a singular picture <laughs> about like them in the gym or anything like that mm-hmm. so what were you putting out on social media that you feel like attracted your power base so quickly and immediately when you first put out that like call to action? 
I don't even know that it was like a try. It was like me just like reaching out to people. So I don't even. I'm not sure it was even my content or like my action post or anything like that. I think it was just like me being like, okay, people aren't going to come to me. Like you know, because like, right, I'm a coach, right, they right. should come to me for help. That was what I thought. Mm, and yeah, then they that's... didn't. I was like, well, I'm posting, and people like know what I'm doing, so they should just want me. They should ask for my help. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> that wasn't. Why oh, aren't they asking yeah. me for my help? I'm totally equipped to help you. Yeah. Um. But so it was like me reaching out, and like when I started to do that, and actually got my first DMer. That was what really was helpful because I, yeah. they were reaching out to people that I would have never reached out to, and yeah. I was like, why did you do this? It was like so scary. <laughs> like, don't talk to. That that person, but then oddly enough, those people were on sales calls and they were close as clients mm. and like close friends from high school. People yeah. I used to babysit for. Wow. Um, and so those were like, that's when it really started to grow, like in my first month. Right. And you start to like gain that confidence mm-hmm. of like, okay, yeah. I can do this. Yes. And these people do want my help. I just have yeah. to reach out and like. Yeah. People don't like to ask for help. Mm, They're not like, right. hey, I'm struggling. Like, could you help me? Like, right. no, no one's but... going to knock on the door and be like, mm-hmm. I really suck at this. Yeah. Just to let you know. <laughs> yeah. So people don't like to talk yeah. about their struggles. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to facilitate that conversation as an authority figure in yeah. the space. But what I was saying, I guess, is you were showing up like as an authority mm-hmm. figure on social media before reaching out to people. Correct. Yeah. And that's super important. Yes, I agree. Like that's a big step because if you're mm-hmm. not then you're not going to be able to swoop up those people. Yeah, I think just, like, living the lifestyle. Right. So right. I didn't really know what to post. I wasn't great at posting, yeah. like, consistently, I don't think. But I was, like, doing the things that, like, I wanted to teach people. I was, like, living the lifestyle. Mm. So, like, showing that, I think, was beneficial. Right, and I feel like people really can relate when you're just posting what you're doing yeah. and yeah. not really making it a big show or, like, a, you know, big educate like you have to be so educational and sound so smart yeah like just pose what you're doing like your workouts what you're eating things like that Mm -hmm. I think sometimes a lot of people get caught up with also with wanting to write their captions and their content Mm -hmm. towards other health and fitness coaches to sound quote-unquote like smart enough Mm -hmm. but your ideal client's are usually not other health and fitness coaches they're usually the regular everyday person that doesn't Mm -hmm. even know what a macro is kind of thing yeah I think just like being genuine, that's how you're going to get clients. That's yeah. how at least that was what worked for me Yeah. because it wasn't like the education. Like, I mean, yes, you have got education and yes, I have a PA degree, but um, even like in my, in the medical field, like I was never the smartest, right? And like go back to my patients, like, and mm. I was just like a normal, genuine person. I'm like, yeah. if I don't know the answer, like I'll figure it out for you. Like right. I'll find the answer mm, and huge. I'll be honest and like just tell you, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. And I think that's in like coaching it's kind of the same thing like I'm never going to be the, the smartest out there but like mm. I will like give you my experience I'll let you know what I know and we'll figure it out together yeah and I think that's important because I feel like when you're growing a business you feel like you have to know everything mm. and you have to like show up in a certain way and be like super educated and use big words but like I think people just like you if you're like you're normal just right. authentic just be normal so, just be normal that's why they signed on with you in the first place yeah 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 totally so Making that first $10,000 a month, you Mm -hmm. hired your first staff member, a DMer, Mm -hmm. and that made things a lot easier for you because you were able to be a little bit more hands off, not be so like emotionally attached to like the conversations Mm -hmm. and who is reaching out to who and things like that. And just like be a little bit more hands off there so you could dive into focusing more on your clients at that point or what was kind of like your biggest focus at that point? Well, I was still working my full-time PA job. 
And I was traveling. Amazing. Yeah, I was traveling every single week. So I'd either leave on usually um, Sunday or Monday, and I'd come home on Wednesday or Thursday. So that was, like, beneficial for me because I was hiring a dammer. They could do all that, and I could, like, see patients during the day and focus on that. And then everything in the evening um, was sales calls, clients, Mm. and my weekends was sales calls, clients, building the business. <laughs> yeah. So there was that, that was like all my time was going to was like working and then like with the time left over was spent working on, on my business. That is very, I would say interesting, but not really because it's, it's, I feel like there's a lot of influencers out there or business gurus and things like that that are talking about how easy it is to make your first $10,000 a month and like do this, do that. It's not fucking easy. (laughs) It's really hard. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about like your schedule at that time. So as a PA, you were literally traveling during the week, Monday through Thursday Mm -hmm. at night after you saw patients all day, taking sales calls, building the business. Mm -hmm. And then on the weekends, Friday through Sunday, we're taking sales calls, working with clients, building the business. Yep. Yeah. And that's exactly how it was for me as well. Like working in the hospital, I would go see, you know, patients for 12, 13, 14 hours, whatever that looked like. Sometimes you'd get mandated to stay an extra four hours, be 16, 17 hours. And then I would literally, and I don't recommend this, but would be taking sales calls literally on my drive home because that was my only time to do it. So Mm -hmm. I'd be like, yep, I can talk with you at 7.30. I'll give you a call on my way home. I would get in my car call this potential client, talk to them about their goals, their challenges, things like that as I'm driving. And I timed it out perfectly to when I would like pull up in front of our apartment at the time, I would, it would basically be that time to like close them and, you know, take out yeah. the payment processor and get their payment, things like that. But you have to grind. You like, you have mm-hmm. to be in that mode. It's not easy. If you say that you want to be a really successful health and fitness business owner and coach, and you have two hours a day to spend on your business, yeah. it's not going to cut it. No. I think, I mean, I work more now than I've ever worked even my PA job when I was working a lot. Right. Um, but I think, yeah, I think there everybody wants to be like work 10 hours a week and make mm. all this money, but it's, it takes way more than that, like way more hours than that. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I feel like um, people growing their business are like, this is the only thing that I'm doing. And they have like, you know, a handful of clients. And they're like, there's just like no time to do anything. I'm like, what are you doing? Please show me your schedule. What is happening here? <laughs> wow. It just requires so much time. It does. I, mean, I think you can agree. Like, it's like a lot of work. Right. So at what point in your business and like going through that grind era, not that we ever leave the grind era, but during that particular era in your life, at what point were you like, okay, I'm kind of starting to see light at the end of the tunnel of maybe I can actually quit my PA job because that took a long time for you to really step away. But what did that kind of realization look like? I think it was like a, a breakdown. I don't think <laughs> I realized it. I was like, how long can I grind and do both? Um, I stepped mm. back. So then I realized I was like making money, but I always am like very cautious, I think. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm doing this, but can like I sustain this? So it was more of a game like, okay, if I can like replicate this and I can do it for a certain number of months. Like I've proven to myself that like I can actually do it instead of just like having some big months and like Mm. things like that. So for me, uh, I was able to do that. I think 
I think for like six months. And then I went back to like part-time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I continued to fly every single week just like at a, like not, I didn't have any clinics like in Austin, I think that I was going to rounding out anymore. Um, so I did that and for, I think it was like a year and a half before I actually fully quit. Yeah. But I remember the day, it was like a travel day and it was like, I've been up forever and then we had like all these delays and then they wanted me to take an extra clinic and like it was kind of like non-negotiable. They were like, well, you have to take it. You're the only person that can fly to like, I think it was like Louisiana or some other state to do this. And so you have to do it. And I like was just like, I cannot like do this. (laughs) And I literally like sat on the plane and I was like in tears and I was like, I cannot do this. Mm. And I wrote the, I like wrote an email and I was like, okay, I will finish traveling for the rest of the month like I will finish out this month I'll give you guys time to like figure out what to do and then I'm not going to travel anymore knowing that like to find clinics in Austin would take them a very long time they're Mm. very slow at doing that so I was like I know that um, there's going to be no work and so um I finished off that month and then um I was doing my business full-time and that was that month it was like August of 2022 that was when we had our first 100k collective month because I dedicated like all of my time towards that so it was really exciting that is incredible and working two horrible jobs and making a one hundred thousand dollar (laughs) collected month and then you're like yeah no I think I can quit my my other job that's crazy Uh, but it just goes to show like your work ethic and the it just like oozes out of you like that work work that's kind of a weird way to say that but you know it's oozing (laughs) from you but it's very contagious to everybody that you're around and that you work with so throughout this time Mm -hmm. you are building your staff members and you have to quickly learn how to go from being you know a solopreneur or someone with one or two staff members to truly being a manager mm-hmm. for the first time in your life because you weren't managing anyone at your PA job, right? No. Other than your patients. Yeah, I just managed my patients. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I didn't really have to manage anything, you know, per se. Right. Yeah. So. so leading actual humans mm-hmm. for the first time in your life and obviously learning those skills, but then having to transition into truly being a leader, and there's definitely a difference between being a manager and being an actual leader. Mm-hmm. And I know just from knowing you as one of my best friends, you have gone through like learning phases of what it's like to be a leader versus a manager. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that transition. Yeah, that was like a tough transition for me. Yeah. Um, Anagram 8s are pretty fiery. Okay. So. Yeah. If you guys don't yeah. know the Enneagram, definitely look it <laughs> up. Like it just shows you so much about yourself. Yeah, I feel like that was the biggest transition for me in my business was learning how to actually lead Mm -hmm. um, and, like, how to grow a team. That was, like, a hard shift for me just because it's kind of, like, my way, like, what I want to do. And then, like, growing a team and having, like, a lot of clientele and growing pretty quickly, um, I realized, like, what I was – like, how I was leading – wasn't working. And mm-hmm. so like making those shifts. And I think that's been the biggest shift for me in a business perspective is yeah. just learning how to actual lead, which Chad, thank you, Chad, mm, for that. I was he's, just going to ask. Yeah. He's been such a big part in that because he's also an Anagram 8. So yeah. that was really helpful to have somebody in my corner that was like, hey, I struggle with these things too. Mm-hmm. And like, this is what I did because I needed a lot of help in that department. Um, and just like learning, this is like not an emotional, like 
it's not emotional. Business isn't emotional. Mm -hmm. It can be, but it's more like how you want to be like the face of your business and like how you want to have customer service and it's nothing personal. So you don't have to like lead with your emotions. And so like just Mm -hmm. taking that all in and like learning how to like not respond right away and Mm. like make better decisions and just like lead a staff like that's been the hardest thing for me but I feel like I'm getting like some good leverage now I feel like I'm fine it's taken a while I feel like for me totally and Enneagram 8s if you guys don't know but very like natural born leaders and from the outside can almost seem like you don't have a lot of emotions because you're just very direct (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you're able to make decisions but on the inside, you actually are like, you know, yeah. emotional beings and you because you really fucking care. Like yeah. it comes from a place of like you really deeply care. Mm-hmm. So I know you talked about one of the challenges being like being less reactive mm-hmm. and not leading from emotions. What are some other things that you were struggling with as a manager slash leader, a manager learning how to lead as you were growing your team? Like what were some of those specific challenges? For me specifically hiring. I think that was a big challenge for me, just, like, finding the right people for, like, what we needed. And that I think I've, I've finally nailed down in the past, like, probably year, which has been good. Um, but, like, learning that process um, and learning what to do, making mistakes with hires and also, like, mm. firing too slowly, probably. Interesting, yeah. Um, so that has been a big one for me uh, in the hiring process of growing a business. So a change in your hiring process in a way that you are now being a little bit slower to hire, quicker to fire, and trying to figure out in the interview process who is aligned with your culture. Like, what has changed within that? Yeah, I think it's being very direct with what we're looking for and being very upfront um, with, like, what the position is and not being so, like, we need somebody, we need to hire somebody, but, like, fully going through the hiring process and knowing exactly, like, the individuals that we're looking for and for us, Mm -hmm. like, me being, like, super hardworking and things like that, I just notice trends in our business um, that, like, people that really enjoy work-life balance and things like that are are not the individuals that thrive on our team. They're usually the mm. individuals that leave. So yeah. just incorporating those types of things and upfront and honesty and yeah. kind of, like, asking those in the interview process, like, hey, this is who we're looking for. This is who thrives here. Does that scare you? Like, and, and mm. asking those hard questions on the interview process because before – you know, it's like I was nervous. Yeah. You know, I was like, I don't want to say like, that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. You know, you're going to have all the time in the world to do whatever you want, work remotely. Da, da. But, yeah. and then they're like, oh, amazing, great. And then later on, they're like, oh, this is actually a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. And then also listening. I mean, I mm. feel like I have very good systems in place, but like, starting to like learn from my staff. Um, and also like I was like managing all of the departments and probably could have done a better job. And so hiring people that could do a better job than I could. Mm. And I would say Megan, my my head coach, is one of those because I was, like, struggling with our coaching department to find cohesiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an Instagram 3. So mm. she came in, uh, and we work really, really well together, and now she's able to manage it so much better because she can do it better than I can, yeah. um, which is really, really cool. So and That's hard to let go because in every position, it's, like, it's a fear, of course, that, okay, I'm really good at this, but I need help. I need, yeah. I need someone else to be good at this. Mm-hmm. But are they going to be better than mm-hmm. me? And if you truly, like, are a good leader, you are able to, like, nurture someone to be mm-hmm. better than you at that yeah. so that you can go and focus on other things that are growing yeah. the business mm-hmm. and providing them opportunities. 
Yeah. And that was the, probably the first. I mean, I had an operations manager, but this was like the first individual that I could really be like, you've got it, like go. Wow. And that was like a really good feeling because I w- would have people doing stuff, but I would still be doing it behind them kind of. Oh. It's like, <laughs> Jen, why are you up until midnight? I don't know. I'm just doing all the things <laughs> everybody else is doing. Delegate that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's a whole, you know, that's something that we should talk about too is just delegation mm-hmm. and because obviously you are such a hard worker so like work into the late night and in the early mornings it's not something that scares you yeah but something to be the most efficient and the best leader for your team like mm-hmm. you have to be super clear and you have to like have your roles and responsibilities and you needed to learn how to like delegate yeah. other things so what did the process of learning how to delegate look like for you? Oh, it was, like, messy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, because I feel, like, I, I don't know. It's your own business, so it's your baby. So you can mm. do it, and you know how to do all the things, and you could probably do it the best. But so just, like, learning how to delegate, I think that, you know, and Chad was helpful in this as well, because it's like, okay, Jen, you need to hire people to do this kind of stuff. So mm. then it was, like, hire, and then I was like, here you go. Yeah. And then it was, like, overwhelming for them. And yeah. they were like, okay, I'm out. I'm tapping out of this, mm. you know? So um, learning that process of how to delegate and to, like, slowly, like, offload. And then, like, that made me feel better, too, because I was able to, like, offload some stuff and then, like, ensure that you're able to do it. So then I could fully just hand it off and not think about it again because mm-hmm. I knew that they had it and they were doing it correctly um, was, was a big shift for me because now I can, like, offload things and truly never look at them again until I have to like follow up making sure like when I do my checks whenever those are monthly Mm -hmm. or quarterly making sure it's being done so yeah because you have high standards yeah I do she's not called best Richards for nothing (laughs) it was funny so James Augustine yeah um he was closing for Kayla and then he came over and he was closing for us Mm -hmm. um and I just remember him being with us for a couple weeks, he's like, man, you guys run a tight ship over here. <laughs> and I was like, really? He's like, yeah, there's a lot of things that you guys have me do. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's what we do here. No, that's great. <laughs> and I, I feel like Chad runs a tight ship as yeah, well. Yeah, he does run a tight ship. And I feel like you've learned like a lot of mm-hmm. those like leadership skills oh, from yeah. – not only him, like, being your mentor, because mm-hmm. as, you know, you yourself were an NLCA yeah. student for years. Yes. But also seeing his leadership in real life being an NLCA master coach coach. Yes. So you actually, you're doing your PA job. You were running your multi-million dollar business. And you were also coaching students. Yes, so doing literally three jobs. Um, but it's so fulfilling being a part of like the NLSA team. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, for how many years has it been? It's definitely over a year. Two years. Was, two years. We just had our, you had your three year and I had my two oh, okay. year. Okay. I, I can't remember if it was one year yeah. or two years. But I was like, yeah. it's definitely more than yeah, that. Okay. Two year so mark. you just had your two year mark as a master coach coach mm-hmm. with these students that are trying to grow and scale their businesses. What are some of the biggest like leadership tips that you give them when trying to grow and scale their businesses? Because our master coach coaches are mm-hmm. kind of beyond the basics a little bit. And now they're really trying to create this empire for themselves, I would say. Yeah, I think it's really, like, with them, like, really nailing down, like, what they want to do with their business. Mm. And, like, because, like, 
you know, most people think they can just like, okay, this is what I want. Like, I want to like have people run my business and I just want to be like on the beach. And so, like, <laughs> and so I think really like nailing that down from the beginning with yeah. those students yeah. because um, they, they have a big vision and they're excited, but they also feel like they're just going to not, like they're going to make this thing and they're mm-hmm. going to be detached from it. So mm. I think like talking to them about that. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, it's a lot of time leading, mm. like how to lead, yeah. like how to do that and how right. to manage people. Um, I spend a lot of my time coaching about that. I think that mm-hmm. makes the biggest thing. And I, and I think that it's cool. One, one of the reasons I want to be part of NLCA and coach is just because of Chad and like obviously he's got such high values and standards that mm-hmm. I think it makes everybody, it makes me a best, better business owner, but it also helps me teach the students like so much better mm-hmm. because I'm like teaching off of like, okay, like, always do kind of like the right thing, yeah. you know, like be truth first, um, right. you know, take messy action, but like also like being a good like human and leading, I yeah. feel like. No, that's huge because as a business owner, you go through so many shifts like in your own personal development because you're mm-hmm. kind of forced to if you want to stay successful yeah. at your business. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like personal development that goes into that. And I feel like being a part of NLCA and just the culture as a student or as a staff member, mm-hmm. it's you have business excellence, however, also personal life excellence as well. And I know in the past year, I would say, you know, you've changed a lot of things in your business and really transitioned from like manager to leader. And you've got Mm -hmm. this incredible like 20 person team. But at the same time, you were doing a lot of work on the back end in like Mm -hmm. your own personal development. So do you feel like that's kind of played a big role into where you're at now in business? I think so. Uh, well, I think it's played a major role, I think, <laughs> I think <so. laughs> over the past year, a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think just, I mean, I'm definitely not the same person I was like six months ago right. or like two years ago. Yeah. Um, but I think just like, it just like uncovers, like growing a business uncovers like so many like layers of you that you mm. never, and you ha- you have to be better every day, every week, every right. month um, to grow and evolve with your business. Um so yeah, I mean, personal development, I leaned into really, really a lot last year mm-hmm. towards the end of the year. And I think that that's been amazing. And I think that's actually helped me in business currently because obviously I'm grind, 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 grind. Yeah. Um, but learning to like take a step back and and I always knew to take care of myself, but I was like putting it like, or I didn't want to deal with it or I was just putting on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Um, but like actually taking time for myself um, and I'm realizing I could take some days off and I could do some things in the evening and I could still do get all the work done that I need to get done mm-hmm. which has been really eye-opening for me so yeah. learning how to and I know Chad's talked about this too mm-hmm. but learning how to be even like more efficient within your work rather 100%. than feeling like you just have to constantly be working yeah and just like busy work because yeah, it's like right. if, and I'm because you can vi- constantly do things oh yeah there's yeah. the <laughs> list does not end but then it's kind of like sitting it's like what am I doing is this important yeah. and having like a list of like in your top three to five things, like non-negotiables, like for business, like I need to get these things done today. And then like, if I did, if I get them done, then that's a successful day yeah, versus mm-hmm. like having my long to-do list, like, well, I'm just going to keep going and keep grinding. Yeah. And it makes you so much less efficient and like your work mm-hmm. becomes messy, I feel like. Totally. And you mm-hmm. get kind of scatterbrained and mm-hmm. like have too many ideas <laughs> yeah. almost. Yeah. I feel like that goes a uh, very in alignment with Andy Frisella's power list. Mm-hmm. And obviously Chad and myself and Paige were all in like the RTA syndicate. So he talks a lot about that. Yeah. 
And it's probably, you know, having that list, that power list is probably something yeah. that you got from like chat it or like hearing that. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. sure. So yeah. what kind of, actually, I want to talk about the start of your like personal development journey and kind of like what sparked that on because mm-hmm. it was almost like an accident, right? Because mm-hmm. it, am I thinking of like the correct origin? Like you had bought these like personal mm-hmm. development, like uh, mentorship, cl- not classes, but what do I, what do I want to call it? Coaching sessions. Yep for someone on your team and ended up not working out. So you ended up taking them because you're like, well, fuck it. I might as well like use these. Is that what started it? Yes. We had a coach um, that was struggling with some like time management stuff. And so reached out to Sean uh, McDevitt. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hey. And he's like, yeah, I'll totally help you. So purchased sessions for that for my coach. um, And then she ended up quitting. And so I had these sessions and Sean was like amazing. He's like, it's fine. Like I can give you your money back. I was like, absolutely not. Like I paid you for a service. Yeah. Like I, I could probably benefit from these. Yeah. And so jumping into that was more for like business. It was more mm. kind of like, cause obviously they have a really successful business right. and growing. So like, You're like, I can learn from you guys. Yes. I can like use these and like work through my business stuff. Um, so I was using those sessions to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I don't, it was one of the sessions cause I'm very like, I would say if you don't know me closely, people yeah. would say you're, I'm just like very emotionless. Like if you've yeah. never seen me have any emotion. Intense. Um, yeah. And um, so it was all about business and I was just like, you know, talking, talking business stuff. And then he just was, I think the question was like, well, Jen, like how are you actually doing? Yeah. And then we it was like immediate tears. Yeah. And I was like, mm. he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it was like immediate that. And then it was like a shift and he was like, okay. And it was like, we used up our sessions and then I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to purchase more. Like, and so that just kind of like randomly happens. Wow. Yeah. At the perfect time. Like when you Mm -hmm. really like needed it and it's crazy how the universe works in that way (laughs) where it was almost an accident where you got into that, but then you're like, wow, this is actually exactly what I needed Mm -hmm. in this moment. So what are some of the things that you have learned from Sean that you have, I guess, brought into like your personal life or your business life to just, I guess, enhance your own personal development? Yeah, I think like for me, I mean, just learning to be vulnerable, which Mm. you can probably attest to that. Yeah. Um, Just that journey. Um, and communication, as I thought, like, vulnerability mm. was more of, like, a weakness. Because mm. in Anagram 8, you don't, totally. like, all lengths to be not, you don't want to be vulnerable. Because right. you don't want anybody to be able to hurt you. Mm. And so I think just having that big wall up and realizing that, like, it's not really great if you're not vulnerable. You can't get close to people. You can't really have, like, deep, meaningful, like, relationships with people mm-hmm. if you're not willing to, like, go into the vulnerability yeah. piece of that. Um, and then also just communication. I think for so long... I was just like grind, grind, grind. And it probably some of my, I mean, I'm always a hard worker, but I think I was putting some personal things that I needed to probably work on just mm-hmm. like into work. So I didn't mm-hmm. have to like actually deal with them. So um, learning like how to communicate as I wasn't very good at that and just like expressing like how I'm feeling yeah. um, was like, has been like really huge for me because like we, in our sessions, like I couldn't even like say a sentence without crying. And I'm like, wow. why am I crying? Like, <laughs> He's like, obviously, this is, like, hard for you. I don't cry. I'm like, I don't even cry. Like, um, so it's just, like, realizing those Mm -hmm. things. And as I was continuing to do that work, it was, like, a lot of, I just, like, felt, like, a lot 
lighter in my mm-hmm. life when I was like starting to like be more open and have like more conversations and like say things out loud that I've been thinking for a really long time. Mm-hmm. But like I wasn't able to like verbalize. Yeah. Cause I was just like not, I was like, don't feel that. Yeah. <laughs> not supposed to say that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. So like allowing yourself to be vulnerable, allowing yourself to communicate and be open and also having the realization of, do I actually like love grinding this much or am I using it almost like as an avoidance type Mm -hmm. of thing and getting back into like a better, like healthier relationship with Mm -hmm. people around you and work really. And like, yeah, just being able to dive into work in a way that is not necessarily an avoidance tactic and yeah, yeah, being able to like use your voice and Mm -hmm. yeah, I can very much like almost physically feel the difference from you and like how much just lighter like your energy has been and how Mm -hmm. you're able to, you know, bring that into your leadership and, and with your coaching with your students and things like that. And Obviously, we both live in Austin and we've been friends for a while, but it's really even allowed our friendship to Mm -hmm. really like bloom and blossom. And I think that's really special because I think that we work very well together as a three and as an eight. (laughs) So that's been a really cool friendship that's developed as well Mm -hmm. because I feel like I have also gone through this personal development journey of really being in my, you know, my masculine energy as you can relate as being athletes, being business owners, being medical professionals. Mm -hmm. and yeah just overall kind of being a badass trying to hold (laughs) him down in all respects but not letting that like emotion come through Mm -hmm. and I think we've both gone through this like personal development journey of like being very much in our masculine energy and Mm -hmm. now kind of relinquishing into our feminine energy which is you know the natural state for a woman to be in, but we have to feel Mm -hmm. like safe enough to be able to flourish in that. Mm -hmm. And if we don't feel safe, then we don't feel comfortable like being able to express that energy. So what has that been like for you to dive more into your feminine energy and what things are you putting in place to be able to express that more? That's a great question. I, I think it's interesting because... Obviously, you've seen my transformation. Some of my close people have seen that. And yeah. I think it's like, I mean, it's kind of like a light switch. That's mm-hmm. It's just like it was like switched and like it's like this different like human, I think. But I think it's um, being able to be vulnerable with the right people. Right. Um, and then like not like getting the right response, but knowing it's like okay, mm-hmm. like and being accepted for that. But then um, just realizing like how much better I'm feeling when mm-hmm. I'm not like grind, grind, grind mm-hmm. all the time. And, like, realizing people are there to take care of you because I'm, like, I can do everything myself. Like, I don't need help. Like, I won't ask for help. Um, But, like, realizing that I do have close friends. So, like, practicing that for me has Mm -hmm. been hard. Um, But it's, like, working. And then, obviously, going to pole class Mm -hmm. with you, that's something I would never do, which is very interesting because in bodybuilding for my fitness routine, my coach, Whitney, would always say, you need to, like, take some dance classes. You need to, like, loosen up. (laughs) You're like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah." And then so starting to do that (laughs) has been really, really cool. It's, like, super uncomfortable for me, um, but it's been, like, one of the funnest things that I've done in in a while. It's something, like, completely different, of course, and people are like, what what is she doing? Like, right. I'm just having fun. (laughs) Like, you know, getting out of my shell a little bit. It's so great. Yeah. Journaling too. Oh, okay. Journaling. I haven't really been into that per se, but that's something that Sean had me do like Mm. every day journal and have my gratitude journal and then just like a normal like 
brain dump journal. Yeah. Um, That's been really helpful. Dang, that's amazing. And I know that, well, at least I know you told me you did it once, so you've been dabbling into your breath work. Yeah, breath work too. Yeah, I can't forget that. That's been um, something very new and I think has been helpful too to block out a lot of the noise and just be able to like try to tap into you know, just stillness, which mm-hmm. I'm, that is very hard for me. Yeah. How do you turn off your brain? Yeah. Yeah. Huge. That's been kind of cool to explore yeah. as well. hundred mm-hmm. percent. And I want to be super clear with everyone listening. They might be listening right now that diving into being in your divine feminine energy does not mean you're any less of a hard worker. Yeah. It's, it's literally just being able to stop repressing this other layer of yourself that holds Mm -hmm. so much like creativity and love and abundance rather than work hard, grind, no emotion. And it's Mm -hmm. just this other layer and aspect that you can bring out in your business and within Mm -hmm. your leadership. So just to be clear, (laughs) we're still working really freaking hard over here. But But it's in a different way rather Mm -hmm. than just diving into work for because that's just all we know and that's the energy we're in and we're like avoiding things. Now it's like, cool, I can really freaking work hard and I know I can hold it down. Absolutely. Like as a woman, as a badass, you (laughs) want to be able to like, I know I can hold it down and I can hold it down. But like, I don't want to have to hold it yeah. down all the time yeah. like you like, want to know you can do all the things I right. can very independent take care of yeah. myself but like also maybe also take care of me what to <laughs> like, yeah. be taken care of thank yeah. you for sure and so I know you like dove into like your friendships for seeing that and like being able to be taken care of yeah. for the first time in like a yeah. long time and you're allowing yourself to like dive mm-hmm. into that which is cool and yeah taking our pole classes it's been such, so fun. So, <laughs> so transformative. Fun. It, I literally look forward to every single class with you every week. It's been a blast and very scary. It is very scary. But, and I think we're I, killing it though. Thank you. And so are you. You're making you <laughs> like, yeah, we are doing so, I think we're killing it. Yeah, yeah. we're both killing it together. Yeah. And it's been really fun because it's very uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. neither of us are natural dancers. I've yeah. never been able to twerk no. or shake my ass in my life. I've never done that yeah. before. Uh, and so, diving into that and letting literally your body just like move in ways that maybe you haven't before is oh, for sure. honestly therapeutic. Yeah, it's interesting because it feels like somewhat awkward. Then you're like, oh, I look pretty good. Yeah. Oh, this is actually fun. Yeah. Yeah. In what other areas have you felt like bringing out more of this like feminine energy in the way that you're able to like express yourself more, bring out this creativity and show your emotions, show that vulnerability? In what ways do you feel like it's made you a better leader for your team? I think my team has definitely noticed. They've actually made comments. Really? Um, yeah, over the past couple months. Um, so I think it's just like uh, I'm used to kind of just like grind, like no emotion, like just like something happens and I'm just like, okay, what are we going to do? Like what's the plan? Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to show a little bit of vulnerability, like I, I seem like more like a human to my staff, mm-hmm. like, oh, she she you know, it's a little yeah. bit like upset or like things are bothering her. Um, so I think it just makes me connect with them more. Um, yeah. but also, you know, I feel like when I'm in grind mode, sometimes you forget about other people and what they're doing and you forget to ask because mm-hmm. you're just like worried about like what you're doing, like what right. we have to do, like what's the next thing, what's the next plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by being able to step back, um, and Chad taught me this, like on my task mm-hmm. list, it's like reaching out to staff members mm-hmm. and being like, Hey, how are you doing? Is there anything I can do to help? Or like yeah. just connecting with them more, trying to learn more about them. Um, and 
it's making me more level-headed in situations because I'm able to like take the situation in and like really think of like the best solution mm -hmm. and how to handle it and just communicate better. So if there's like an issue, um, really like being curious, not judgmental, and like mm, thinking like about that. it, that's a Kayla one. Oh, <laughs> Kayla shout out. Um, shout out to Kayla Diamond. Um, but that's been helpful. And I think like over the past couple of months, like just leaning into like having emotion and being able to show that to my staff has been made me a better leader. Totally, yeah feeling like they can relate to you more, you're able to be more empathetic and care mm -hmm. about them as humans yeah. and not just workers that are mm -hmm. doing, you know, a job type yeah. of thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that makes Because I've had closer. like feedback too, where it's like, I only, because I, I don't manage every department now, yeah. right? So uh, it's like, I only hear from you when I'm doing something wrong. And I'm like, mm. oh, so like, I don't want that. Yeah, like, you know, and right. so like being able to like reach out and like just touch base with them, ask questions and just like have a rapport that's not based on like just performance. It's like, I want to know more about you. Just check in. How are you doing? Like, yeah. can I help you? Like, that's been really cool. Totally. And getting that feedback as a leader is... Yeah, it, it, it hurts a little bit. It stings, it but in a in a way that it should. Like mm -hmm. it should be like a wake up call because yeah. it's easy to go into like defense mode and be like, "That's not true. I don't do that." Okay, but you can't say someone can't feel that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Feedback is so like it. It doesn't feel good when you're getting it, but no. it, like it's like the it's best like, thing because yeah. then it, it, you you're change. allowed to improve. It's like oh. Well, maybe you don't even know you're doing something. Right. You know, and so that that's really helpful. You're like, oh, I didn't even know I did that. I should probably, like, change that. I don't want to be perceived like that or I didn't, totally. like, want you. And as an eight, that's really hard because I am just very direct yeah. and very blunt. And so, like, yeah. sometimes I say something and I'm, like, on to the next thing I'm not even thinking about. Not thinking and then about that how person's that was received. Like, yeah. She's so mad at me. I can't believe this happened. And I'm like, and they're like still thinking about it for days after. And I'm like, I don't even up. remember that I said it. So right. just being more in tune to like trying to like just be a human and mm. not so like grind, grind, grind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you can tell how much of an impact that's had on your staff because just the difference in just buy-in, culture, turnover, like mm -hmm. things like that has just yeah. been incredible. And, you know, now you are really building up managers in your team and things mm -hmm. like that. So huge, huge shift. changes, <laughs> huge shifts this past year in like your own personal yeah. development, how it's affected your business, huge, massive things you're doing in your business. Mm -hmm. Any other big like takeaways that you've had from this past year that you're wanting to bring into 2024? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's kind of open-ended, but yeah. something that I really liked that Chad does and something I've learned from him and no one wants to, no one enjoys seeing someone else struggle, but like yeah. you said, it makes someone like more vulnerable. So mm -hmm. I love when Chad does his, here's some things that fucked up in 2023 and here's how yeah. I'm learning from them. So I love like hearing that because it does make you just feel like more human. I can relate to that. So any like mistakes that you feel like you made that you are like, yeah, I'm going to fix this in 2024? I think it's just continuing to focus on like personal development because mm -hmm. it's something that I put off for so long. And so I don't want to kind of like start on the journey and then kind of like get busy. Yeah. Right. And so like I think like just trying to continue like formulating routines and making time for like friends and relationships mm -hmm. in my life, which sometimes like work would like always like, it would yeah. just be like work, 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 work. So I think just re remembering that, you know, like Chad would say, get your buckets, like, mm, what, like yep. you know, figuring out your top buckets, like what are, what are your priorities and trying to like not lose sight of those. Yes, they can change and shimmy and shift, but like I think that 
piece of me, like I've put by the wayside for so long and it's just been like work, success, grind. Mm. Like, um, so I think that taking into 2024 is going to be important for me. Mm-hmm. And so what are those things for you that you're like, I'm doubling down on this in 2024? Um, this is going to be me holding you accountable. <laughs> okay, well, speak into existence. I don't know. <laughs> speak I, it. I think uh, we talked about it a little bit, yeah. just like continuing to like show, like do things that you say you're going to do. And mm, so like yeah. if you, know, you say you're going to do something, then like definitely show up and do that thing, mm-hmm. not be the wishy-washy person. Yeah. Yeah. We... Uh, I think to me, one of the most annoying things is like flaky people. So I'm like, why do I do this to myself sometimes? Yeah. Why am I flaky to myself and my own things yep. that I say? That's mm-hmm. not cool. Yep. So that's something yeah, yeah. That we've talked about. So definitely, yeah, true to my word. Yeah. So definitely doing that. Um, and then just like, I think it's just not getting lost. And I think, I guess something I really learned in 2023 was like, all the stuff, like all the accomplishments and things like weren't making me happy. So it's like trying to step back and like realize like, okay, I've already done that. I've already Mm -hmm. like hit all the milestones and had these things and they're not really making me happy. So like enjoying like the smaller things in life and like Mm -hmm. making sure I'm like staying level-headed with like my goals and like what is making me happy, like truly happy. Yeah. Um, I think that is gonna, you can hold me accountable to that. Okay. Yeah. I absolutely will. Don't give me shiny object. I don't want to get shiny (laughs) objects. (laughs) <laughs> okay. No, I love that. Mm-hmm. And just, I would say mass, these just massive changes that you've made in the past six months, three months, two months, one month, mm-hmm. even it's just going to continue to compound this year. And I am just so stoked to see that play out. You're buckled up. You I'm, you're I'm buckling up, baby. I'm along for this ride because I freaking love you. You're so special to me and I love our friendship and I super appreciate you being top five podcasts, top five episodes um, of this podcast. So thank you so much for this conversation. I feel yes, like this is really eye-opening me. to the reality of what it's like to truly be like a massively successful business owner and what it takes and the learning lessons that people can learn yeah. from to maybe not make the same mistakes or, you know, people are going to make mistakes, but um, try to learn from these. <laughs> but one last question I have for you before we end out. Yes. You ready for this? I think I hope so. <laughs> okay. If someone gave you an elephant, but you couldn't sell it or give it away, what would you do with it? I would ride it. You would ride it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would ride, where would you ride it? I to? don't know, around. I would train it. I'd be like, I can't <laughs> do anything with this, so I'm going to like take it in as my own and I'm going okay. to. Yeah. That's You'd ride it around instead ride it of around. your car? Possibly, okay. depending on how fast we could get there. Um, I, I, I'm what very, would you do I would love, I don't know. <laughs> but I love that. So you'd train it, ride it around. It was part of the fam now. I can't give it away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that answer. It's very insightful. <laughs> I don't know where I'd put it, but... It would be <laughs> yeah, where would it be? In your yard. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. I want to see Callie, your tiny Yorkie, ride the elephant. <laughs> okay, we can make a saddle. <laughs> A little sidecar. Maybe right here with a helmet on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jen. Thank you yes. so much for this interview. This is freaking incredible. Yes. Love you, dude. I'll I talk to you, you soon. Okay. <laughs>